Wrapping up our number two of Sunday's bets, PJ Glasser. Denton Day here with you. Just had Bill Bender on. A lot of great stuff from Bill. Denton, it's never too early to talk college football, is it? No. Uh, college football is year-round. It's never too early. It's never too late. It's just yeah. always college football season as far as I'm concerned. Especially with NIL and uh, everything that's going on. We got all these coaches that are going to the NFL or some are coming back to the college game. We got coaches going to take coordinator jobs. There's a lot to go on. Plus, we got recruiting year-round as well. So you're right. We're going to talk about some more college football here in a little bit, but to every update everybody on what's going on at the Genesis Invitational, Max Homa's making a little bit of a charge, three under through his first eight holes. He's now eight under for the tournament, tied for seventh. You had Adam Hadwin and Bo Hostler make a birdie on their first hole. They're up to eight under par now as well. Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, all at six under par along with Adam Scott. They are tied for 17th right now. Still waiting for the leaders, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley to tee off 2.15 Eastern time. Will Zalatoris, two shots back, tees off with Luke List, who is three shots back at 2.04 Eastern time. Then in college hoops, FAU second half, not a wise wager, Denton. They are down 66 to 43 <laughs> against South Florida. I'm telling you, man, South Florida, that is a team, could be a sleeper in the tournament. Loyola Chicago up 59 to 50 on Rhode Island. Charlotte. 60 to 53 on Wichita State. And how about my Buckeyes hanging around 28 27? Purdue leading 330 to go Ooh. in the first half. Purdue six and a half point favorites. The total 144 and a half. So we will keep an eye on those games. We talk some college football with Bill. Now it is time for us to talk a little college football. Let's start with Alabama, Denton. Obviously, a guy named Nick Saban, you might have heard of him. He retired at uh, about a month ago. Kalen DeBoer comes over to be, be the head coach of the Crimson Tide. Their win total is at 9.5 for next season. And, uh, you know, as you would imagine, they're towards the top of the odds boards to win the national championship. Denton, I got to be honest with you, man. Their road schedule next season, and even the, they get Georgia at home, too. I don't know if I only see them losing two games. As crazy as it is to say with Alabama and a win total of nine and a half, I would actually take the under. Tennessee, as we were just talking about with Bill and Nico as their quarterback, is going to be really good next year. LSU is going to be good. They get them on the road next year. They got Georgia at home. And see, the thing about Saban that I don't think is going to be talked about enough when he's your head coach and then when literally anybody else is your head coach – all the games that you took for granted when Saban was the head coach, right? Like you would just look at – we do it with every single team where we look at a schedule and we say, oh, this game will be winnable, this game will be winnable, right? And obviously along the way, teams get tripped up and there are upsets that we never see happening. But with Bama and Saban, like all those games that were like, they're going to win that, they're going to win that, like they do win that, right? Like those games you never had to worry about. Well, now all of a sudden, like the game at Wisconsin week three – that could be a tricky one. The game home against Missouri is going to be very good next season. That could be tricky. At Oklahoma, that could be tricky. So they're at Oklahoma, at LSU, at Tennessee, and at Wisconsin, and home against Georgia next season. Basically, what Vegas is telling you 
is Bama, are they going to win the games that they're supposed to win? And can they go three and two against those five teams? They have Auburn at home next season. They should win the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. I think Hugh Freeze is doing a really good job with that program. And if the game was at Jordan Hare, be a completely different story. But I think into Tuscaloosa, Bama wins that game. So Denton, I'm actually going under on Bama. I think the line's about right. I think they win nine games. I love the Kellen DeBoer hire because not only does the guy win everywhere he goes, but he wins quickly, and that is exactly what you need as a replacement for Nick Saban. The expectations are going to be impossible. Like, there's just, I mean, he's one of one. There's no way to replace literally the greatest college football coach of all time. But if you're looking for a replacement, you want a guy who's going to win quickly, and I think DeBoer will do that. With that being said, though, Denton, like, you know, when he was at Washington, it was one thing. All these schools that he's been at at the past, and he's turned them into really good programs. But I think he's going to realize quickly when you're at Bama, not only is the pressure just impossible, but also the expectation. And it is everybody's Super Bowl when you go up against Bama. So I think that's going to be a little bit of adjustment for him. I'll go under the nine and a half wins. What about you? I think Kellen DeBoer is going to be fine. I think I, I think he'll be fine with the pressure. I think he I think he kind of likes the pressure. To to be honest, he's one of those coaches that I think is ready for it. I am. I do kind of get a little upset though from a selfish perspective, uh, and maybe this is a selfish perspective for you as well. I would have loved to see Nick Saban coach this year in the SEC just to see what that win total would have been like because it's not just Alabama. Like nine and a half for Alabama is an incredibly short number, but it's not just Alabama. Georgia is ten and a half on the win total. I can't remember PJ off the dome when the last time the highest win total in the SEC was ten and a half because it's felt like for the past. I don't know, like 15 years that it's always 11 and a half, 12 and a half, potentially going unbeaten every single year. That's such a short number, especially when you consider that they're going to play in the college football playoff as well. So I would have loved to see what Saban was or what Alabama's number would have been had Saban been coaching this year with the new schedule and the the pods and adding Oklahoma and Texas into the conference, which is bolstering this strength because Texas right now I mean, hot damn, they're going to be good next year. With Quinn Ewers coming back, they're going to be good. So I would say that I'd lean this under for Alabama as well at nine and a half, just because the schedule is going to be tougher for everyone this year. But I think we will, in college football, have our expectations, I would say, humbled a little bit in terms of what is a good season and what is not a good season. Because like I said, we've been so used to the SEC going 12 and one or having a team that goes 13 and 0 and anything short of that like if Alabama lost two games under Nick Saban it was looked at two games before you know the playoff for the SEC championship game it was looked at as a failure of a season I don't think that's going to be a reality anymore especially as we get closer and closer to the age of a super conference in college football so I think our expectations are going to be humbled a little bit but I think nine wins for Alabama in their schedule is still a good is still a good uh, first year for Kalen DeBoer you know, I agree with you. I think I think a successful season for Bama this year, even though they do have a Heisman hopeful and Jalen Milrow, he's going to be right towards the top. They got one of the best receivers in the country in Ryan Williams. They're obviously going to have plenty of NFL guys on defense. They still got a very talented team. They were the second shortest on the odds board before 
you know, Saban retired. And obviously the transfer portal has hit them hard, but you know what? They can still go into the transfer portal and poach some guys away as well. So we'll see what happens there. But your point about Georgia and their win total only being 10 and a half, like their schedule next year, Denton, they're playing three teams on the road that are top 10 teams. They're at Bama, at Texas, at Ole Miss. They're also at Kentucky. And then, oh, by the way, they got to get Tennessee at home, Florida and Jacksonville. And then they open the season up against Clemson, who will be one Finally. of the favorites to win the ACC. So, uh, seriously, oh. we've been begging and pleading for Georgia to play a hard Finally. schedule, and we're going to get it next year. Now, obviously, they're Georgia. They're the most talented team in the country. Um, well, ten and I mean, a half feels them, right. DJ, now, if they if they win the national championship, they can actually get on a microphone with some sort of legitimacy and say uh, we were doubted because when they did Correct. that two years ago, when they went unbeaten with one of the best defenses ever, like we went seven, someone predicted us to go seven and five, and we're like, no one did that, literally no one. You Michael Jordan yourself and made something up. So now they have some sort of legitimacy in that claim if they decide to uh, go that route. I agree. And look, I think Georgia just needs to lose two games in the regular season. Then I think they can afford to even lose a third game if they're in the SEC championship game. I think if you're in the SEC championship game now that we reach the era of the 12-team playoff, I think it doesn't matter how many losses you have. I think you're going to be one of the 12 teams. I think it's just the way it is. Obviously, because not everybody plays on championship weekend. And while you have to punish a team for losing, like how many spots are you really going to drop them if they're playing against one of the other top teams and nobody else is playing from the SEC with that schedule, especially if Georgia loses just two games, I think they're going to be in the playoff, especially starting out as the number one team in the country. They're going to have so much firepower coming back on offense. That defense last year was good, but it wasn't Georgia's standard of great. And they were young and they're going to even be that much better. And oh, by the way, the fact that they didn't win the title game last year, they went undefeated in the regular season. I think that's going to motivate them just a little bit. So uh, I think Georgia's going to be a problem next year. I don't think they go undefeated, which is what makes me nervous of the 10 and a half because I do think they're going to lose one of those games. And then with how tough that schedule is, you know, if there's an injury that occurs, if there was a team to withstand an injury, it would be Georgia, especially with some of the schedules that they have played in the past. But with this one, Denton, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. So 10 and a half feels right. This year. I'm going to stay away. They're still my pick to win the national championship as of right now. I do think they're the best team, but uh, I'm I'm staying away from the ten and a half with Georgia. What do you make of Texas? I think they are so fascinating. You bring up Ewers; they're going to have a brutal schedule. They're entering the SEC. They did make the college football playoff last season. They're probably going to make it again this year. But do you think that they should be the third shortest odds right now to win the title at plus 750? I think most would agree Georgia's one and Ohio State two. Personally, then, like, I think Oregon should be three. I think Oregon's the best play on the board at 10 to one. I, I think they should be rated higher than Texas. What are your thoughts? Hey, let's pump the brakes on Oregon. Let's get that number to 12 to one so I can play it at 12 to one because I'm in love with Dan Landing. I do think Texas, though, should be third on the board just because of a, from a talent perspective, but really from a Quinn Ewers perspective. Him coming back, I think, was massive for them. As much as I am excited to see Arch Manning, and I hope that Arch Manning uh, lives up to the expectations that his last name carries, getting Quinn Ewers back for another year, we saw him really get better and mature as the season progressed, and he really balled out after that injury. If you get him healthy for an entire year, I think he's a front runner for the Heisman Trophy. I think he's going to put up bonkers numbers. So I do like them being at third as long as Quinn Ewers is healthy.